The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to bring you another great show. I've got some great guests that I can tell you. Our, our first guest is uh, a nationally known trainer, Richard Lundy. I'll call him Dick as I've got to know him over the years. Uh, boy, talk about some good training. Uh, Lundy spent six years in assistant to Hall of Fame trainer Charlie Whittingham. Uh, then he went out on his own for uh, Virginia Craft Payson, uh, won a little old race called the Traverse Stakes with Cardinascra, and then uh, the following year he won 15 stakes and over $3 million. And uh, he uh, had the 1989 Eclipse Award winner, Blushing John. Uh, some other names I'll drop, uh, Jade Hunter, opening verse, who won the 1991 uh, Breeders' Cup Mile, Faudra, winner of the Hollywood Oaks, Denard. Anyhow, Dick Lundy's going to be with us. He's uh, formed an interesting partnership uh, with Dr. Stephen Alday in the creation of Lubricin, something that the top trainers in the country are using. One of the top handicappers in the country, Ralph Sirocco, is going to be with us. We've had Ralph on several times, and uh, those of you that get him on the net or happen to live out in Las Vegas get to listen to Ralph pretty much every day. He is a working stiff on race day Las Vegas, pretty much uh, Wednesday through Friday and even some holidays uh, he works through. So Ralph's going to be with us. we got a myriad of races we want to look at uh, from Del Mar to Saratoga to Monmouth to Ellis Park. So it should be an, an interesting handicapping segment. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to talking to Ralph. And, uh, of course, uh, this week up at Saratoga, actually tomorrow, if you're in town, you can attend the ceremonies, and it is the induction of the Hall of Fame. And, of course, the name you're probably most familiar with, Calvin Borrell, will be there, uh, 46 years old now. Uh, he's also going to be uh, inducted along with uh, Housebuster, Invasor, uh, Lure, uh, McDynamo, and Tuscali. Um, then uh, stalwarts of the sport, August Belmont II and Paul Mellon, will be inducted as Pillars of the Turf. Well, uh, we uh, had another uh, good day, a uh, week, on, uh, if you're using uh, the uh, Winning Ponies handicapping forms. Uh, we had a huge pick for at Saratoga on Saturday. The last four races paid uh, uh, $6,374. That was a $2 ticket. And uh, our second pick that day uh, came off at 23 to 1. And then up at Finger Lakes early in the week, we had a $426 Superfecta. And I can see that a friend of ours from Winning Ponies, Jim, is on the Winning Ponies hotline. Uh, Producer D, can you pull up Jim for me? Hey, 
Hi, John. You there? Yeah, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I just want to give a tip of the winning ponies cap to you and everybody there at Winnie's Pony. I got to tell you real shortly, I signed up on August 27th after a rough weekend at Del Mar. That Wednesday, I hit the pick five for $1,115. The following day, I hit the pick four for $668. And that Saturday, believe it or not, a $54 ticket, I hit $7,124 on a pick five. Well, I know who to go to if I, if I need a loan. Hey, give me a, just give me a holler. I'll give you my best bets of the day. I'm alive right now in the pick four at Del Mar. And I got to tell you, John, if it hadn't have been for old uh, Corey Nakatani getting disqualified yesterday in the second race, I would have had another pick five. And unfortunately, I didn't use Winnie Pony's pick yesterday, but I will do it from now on, sir. <laughs> well, uh, real quick, uh, what's your favorite product that, that you get from Winnie Pony's? Well, I got to tell you, my dad taught me how to read a racing form years ago. And the, the thing I like the most about the, the tool is the, the boxes that pop up. It saves me so much time. I'm, I, I'm just not able to look at a daily racing form like I used to. I don't have the time. Your product is quick to scan. It highlights all the things that I look for and the handicapping angles that I use. It's a great product. I would recommend it. I reloaded my account this morning and looking forward to a great weekend at Del Mar again. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thanks so much. That's Jim, uh, just one of our happy customers. Uh, Don't forget that uh, the radio portion is just one part of Winning Ponies. They've got some great products out there to get you in the cashier's line towards the end of the day. Well, again, uh, just uh, uh, letting you know if uh, you happen to be in Saratoga, you can go and watch uh, Calvin Burrell. Of course, Lure, the great uh, uh, grass horse uh, trained by Suge McGahee, uh, who... uh, is one of the few horses inducted the Hall of Fame that was not a champion, although that's a bit of a surprise by Suge. Uh, he thought it was a joke. He didn't win it. He won five stakes at five different tracks, and the horse that won it that year never left California. <laughs> but uh, Lord did uh, uh, win uh, the, the, the Breeders' Cup and set a course record for the distance. Of course, Invazur, owned by Shadwell Stable, won 11 of 12 of his career starts. Not too bad. Uh, the Pimlico Special, the Suburban, the Whitney, and the Breeders' Cup Classic back in 2006. Of course, House Buster was a picture of consistency. Won 52 of 22 career starts. Uh, trained by Jimmy Kroll and Ronnie Benshoff. And McDymo might not be too familiar to you because he was a steeplechaser, but he was a three-time champion steeplechaser steeplechase horse, but the all-time leading steeplechase horse with 37 wins was Tuska Lee, and again, he will be inducted also, uh, again, along with uh, pillars of the sport, Paul Mellon and August Belmont II. Well, uh, as we kind of uh, surmised last week, it looks like uh, Oxbow's injury will keep him sidelined. He suffered the ankle injury, finishing fourth in the Haskell Stakes, and Dwayne Lucas says the ankle's looking better every day, but he just doesn't want to push the issue. He says, he, I've got enough athletic background in me to know that sometimes they look better, but when you push a little bit on it, it recurs. i got good x-ray, good ultrasound, but I don't want to create something if I don't need to be. And besides that, Lucas does have will take charge uh, going in that race. Others, of course, uh, Pointing to the race are uh, Verrazano, Moreno, Transparent, Romanish, and Java's War. Well, also things happening uh, up at Saratoga. It uh, looks like uh, Edgar Prado is going to be honored by the New York Race Chaplaincy and the Jockey Club. Uh, it is the eighth annual Chaplaincy Breakfast at the Gideon Putnam Resort. 
and it's a, it's a fundraiser for the chaplaincy, and uh, it honors Prado and celebrates his good works on behalf of the backstretch employees and his selfless efforts during and following Hurricane Sandy. Uh, he's been known as going far outside of his own sphere to, to help others, and in my opinion, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Well, here's a nice guy that we hope gets back in the saddle. It looks like Garrett Gomez from the last release I got has still not been cleared uh, by the stewards for either morning workouts or afternoon schedules. Um, it sounds like uh, he's missed some technicality. Exactly what wasn't really um, uh, clear as to what that it was. Um, it it might have had something to do with some medication that he is legally taking. Uh, nonetheless, the paperwork's got to be filed, and they got to find out exactly uh, you know what the situation is with Garrett. I, I hope that everything gets worked out. Well, let's get some more racing on TV, and it looks like Fox Sports uh, have announced a multi-year partnership with the Jockey Club. Uh, they're going to show uh, prominent graded stakes races starting in 2014. Uh, on Fox Sports 1, America's new sports racing uh, channel, and it's going to have at least 10 telecasts per year. So uh, in addition to the Triple Crown races, we're going to see some really other top races leading up to it. Uh, you know, the, the Jockey Club says that, the, you know, we want to make make it fun, show the power and grace of the thoroughbred, the puzzle of handicapping, and these are the things that uh, Fox is going to concentrate on when they're putting this uh, series uh, forward. Uh, sad to say, racing lost a good one. Rockport Harbor was euthanized due to laminitis uh, earlier in the week. Of course, uh, he was a grade two winner and leading Pennsylvania uh, sire, one of the horses that was moved over there when the uh, program took off uh, so well. So uh, we have to say goodbye to Rockport Harbor. Uh, He was a $470,000 purchase. Uh, He won five times from eight starts and earned 324. So uh, he will be going. Another one that's going to be coming, though, it looks like uh, that Helbert Stable and Taylor Maid have who just lost Unbridled Song last week, uh, are going to acquire an interest in Gradar, one winner. And uh, so hopefully Taylor Maid is going to replace Unbridled Song with another one of his sons. Uh, let's take a look now at some of the races uh, that we uh, that we handicapped last week. We had some big ones. Marty McGee from the Racing Forum was nice enough to be with us. And, of course, uh, a big race up at Saratoga, the Grade 1 Whitney, $750,000. We just weren't sure if cross-traffic had enough seasoning. This, a son of who else? Unbridled Song uh, has had won two of his four starts, was just beaten a head and a nose in the Westchester and the Metropolitan Handicap. Again, this is a horse that did not start his career until he was four years old. Went wire to wire in the Whitney. Closing fast was the long shot that Marty McGee gave us, and that was successful. Dan off at 6-1. to one. And third was number two, Macho Macho Man. Then uh, out on the uh, on the West Coast, was upset time in the Clement Hirsch. It uh, everybody was just saying, "Hey, take your parlay and throw it over on Include Me Out." The Ron Ellis trainee, Include Me Out, was sent away the favorite and uh, faded and finished eighth. So that opened up the door for ten to one shot Lady of Fifty getting the job done. 
for Jerry Hollendorfer, who had three horses in the race. Finishing second was More Chocolate, and third by Rama. So that, again, look at the Clement Hirsch. Then uh, a race that's kind of interesting that uh, up in Canada was the Seagram Cup at, at Woodbine, and uh, you had to watch this one close because when the gates opened, Ultimate Destiny's gate opened up early. Ultimate Destiny ended up putting in a solid race and finishing second, but did not run for any purse money and uh, was declared a non-starter. The winner of the race was Alpha Better, who held on by three-quarters of a length. Uh, moved up to second was Awesome Overture, and third was the seven, Peyton. Well, another Saratoga race uh, that was big last week was the Alfred Vanderbilt Handicap, and winning that race was Justin Phillip by two lengths off at 3-1, to one, finished over Bahamian Squall and Gentleman's Bet. And a horse that, uh, race that we're going to have to look at for the two-year-olds, the best pal's a good one, horse by the name of Albert's Hope, the slight favorite, got the job done over Celtic Moon and guns loaded. Of course, Marty McGee was at Mountaineer Park, and he helped us handicap the West Virginia Governor's Stakes. The winner there was Tap Town. Tim Gleishaw, the trainer, congratulations, a great young man uh, who's, who's come up under some of the best trainers. Calvin Burrell in the saddle, won easy, easily in the, uh, in the West Virginia Governors. And then the West Virginia Derby, uh, that went to departing the Al Stahl trainee who romped by eight and three-quarters lengths over Ruler of Love. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies, and we come back, a very interesting gentleman with quite the background, one Richard Lundy. You're listening to the Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, a gentleman I've been wanting to get on the show for quite a while. I finally landed him, and that is uh, Dick Lundy. Of course, he's a pretty well-known uh, name in racing. He's had laid hands on uh, many, many uh, a good horse, uh, one what I consider the perhaps the second greatest race in uh, racing, the Traverse Stakes uh, with Cardenastra, also uh, trained at 1989 Eclipse Award winner Blushing John, and I was there the day that he won the uh, Breeders' Cup Mile with opening verse. Uh, he had some really nice horses back in the late 80s and the 90s. Uh, Fauda uh, won the uh, Hollywood Oaks and Mammoth Oaks, and uh, Denard, who was a really solid running horse. Of course, uh, he traded uh, Jade Hunter, won the Don Handicap, the Gulfstream Park. I could go on and on, or we won't get a chance to talk to my friend Dick Lundy, who surprisingly we've taken somewhat similar paths in, in, into racing. Uh, both of us from upstate New York uh, made our way into horse racing and now reside in the beautiful state of Ohio. Dick Lundy, how you doing? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm fine. I'm feeling good. Um, well, uh, th- thanks for for being on the show. I had a great time, you know, re- researching your your past, and uh, your uh, office sent me a great picture. And I want to remind everybody that all of our shows are on podcast. So uh, if you like the interviews and the pics, tell your friends to go to Winning Ponies, and they can listen to them. Great picture of you, a young Dick Lundy, and Charlie Whittingham. Tell me about the early years. This guy had to be a huge influence on you. Oh, John, he was a tremendous influence. He was like a second father to me. I was uh, an assistant for Charlie for six years, and during that time we had some great horses like Exceller and Dahlia. I mean, I could go on and on, but it was just a wonderful experience. Now, how was how was your start? How were you introduced to him? I mean, did you start as a hot walker? Was he a friend of a friend? Uh, how did you get well, involved with such a high-profile trainer? It's kind of interesting, John. I, you know, I, my background is I grew up, my father was a professional huntsman, so I grew, grew up around horses and hounds when I was young, um, all the way until I went into the service, and I got stationed in California, and um, I did some show jumpers and was actually very lucky to have very good ones, and it was quite successful. And um, during that period of time, I met Charlie when I had the jumpers, and um I had always wanted to go to the racetrack, and the timing came up right, and I wanted to make the switch, and he needed somebody. So, actually, I when I went to work for Charlie, I went in as an assistant. Wow, that's a, that, that's a pretty good lateral move uh, for a young man. Yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Now, um, of, of the things Charlie taught you, um, you know, I noticed that the horses that who I just rattled off that have been under your care, these all seem to be horses um, who were able to stay sound and were able to go distance of ground. Uh, was was that something you learned from Charlie Whittingham on how to get a horse to relax and to be strong enough around two turns and on different surfaces? Oh, absolutely. He was one of the greatest that ever did it, John. And, and you know, he... Uh... The, the foundation and the type of work you give them and, and how you train them and 
you know, he always used to tell me all the time, you only get paid at the finish line, so they got to be running at the end. So, you know, it was it was kind of how you molded your training methods to get all your horses to finish very, very well. And I was there again. I was very lucky. He he showed me uh, pretty much when I was training, I would say 95% of the things that I did was exactly the way that Charlie had designed it or, or that I learned from him. Well, uh, tell me now the, the start of your you know, leaving the nest uh, with the, the bald eagle and and moving on to Virginia Craft Payson. Well, actually, um, Mrs. Payson had called um, out to California looking for a private trainer, and uh, Mr. Jimmy Kilroy, who was uh, the director of racing at Santa Anita, um, called Charlie and asked Charlie if he thought I were ready to to go out on my own, and uh, we all had a meeting, and I flew back to uh, Mrs. Payson's farm and then on to Payson Park and, and took the job. Um, and the second year with her, we were fortunate enough to, to win the Jim Dandy and the Travers, and then after that it just kind of took off. It, it certainly did. Uh, you, you do, I believe, were the, the was the private trainer too for for Alan Paulson that following year, and I believe you won 15 stakes and and over three million. Um, of that group of horses, which one kind of uh, did you get a certain sense of pride of developing? What was it? Was it Jade Hunter, Blushing John, uh, Opening Verse? I don't know if you can compare them because they were all great in their own right. Yeah, they all absolutely. They were John, and they were all a little different, you know. Um, probably the most talented horse that I ever personally trained was Denard. Um, and to this day, I, I, if he had stayed sound, he got hurt a week before the Derby. I didn't get the opportunity to run him. The horse that finished second was called Best Pal. I beat Best Pal every time I ran with him prior to that time in California. So um, he was definitely the most talented um, you know, Blushing John had come to me as a grade one winner on the turf in Europe with Francois Bouton. I won grade ones with him on the dirt, made him, you know, the champion handicap horse. I, I think all uh, in a lot of different ways, um, I got a great deal of satisfaction out of working with all of them. Well, what, what's great is when, when you decided to to uh, to kind of move on from the, the hectic uh, day-to-day, seven-day-a-week grind of training, uh, you were able to kind of associate yourself uh, with the right uh, people, and, and you came across uh, someone that you had already known, Dr. Stephen Alday, and at the time he, he was uh, uh, developing a nutritional supplement um, and uh, this thing has just taken off. I believe right now where we it's, it's called Lubricin. Yeah, that's right, John. You know, Dr. Stephen Alday and myself have been friends for many, many years. In fact, he worked on an awful lot of the good horses that I had. Um, and when I decided to, to not train anymore and, and have somewhat more of a normal life, um, Dr. Alday had a project that he was working on to uh, improve his own private practice and after we uh it's an oral application of hyaluronic acid that you need to take daily to uh to help replenish the quality of the synovial fluid in your joints and after we worked on it a short while we both decided that it was such a great product that we actually need to to go to market and sell it and um john we were very lucky about seven years ago we started with two people 
selling it out of the back of their car at racetracks. And, and today we have a 10,000 square foot warehouse in Simpsonville, Kentucky and sell it all over the world. Well, um, I, you know, when we spoke earlier in the week, I, I think you said one, one important thing about, you know, and any kind of, uh, product that you're trying to, uh, talk to horsemen about is that, um, it's just not something off the shelf, that it's something that you're able to talk horses to. And I'm sure when people realize they were dealing with, with uh, a horseman like Dick Lundy, it, it was a lot easier for you to get your foot in onto the backstretch. I, I think you're probably right. Um, the other thing is, John, I have a tremendous passion for this particular product because I believe in it so much. And it's not really selling or, or producing it and people to use a lot, utilize it and really get the benefits from it. Um, you know, it's kind of like Charlie. You know, Charlie used to tell me all the time, if you're going to be a good horse trainer, he said, horses talk to you all the time. you got to be smart enough to understand what they're saying. And it's kind of like that with horsemen. You know, you, they, they want to know, but you have to kind of know how to deliver the message to, to get them to utilize your product the best way. So uh, basically, uh, and again, I've, I've been to your website, uh, and it really uh, it explains it, and it really opened my eyes. In fact, that that this uh, that that Luberson number one is something that's naturally produced in your body, but either through um, a lot of uh, athletic uh, energy or old age, it begins to slip away from your joints. But this can also be used if if my dog gets arthritis or if if I get arthritis, uh, that it's not just an application uh, for horses. Absolutely. All mammals have the same problem, John. You know, as you start to age, the the quality of synovial fluid that you have the ability to produce is lessened, and there's a direct correlation between the quality and the viscosity of the fluid in your joints and the amount of relief and the actual um, shock absorption that it takes that, that helps you perform every day. Well, you know, uh, normally on Winning Ponies, we help people learn, you know, more about the sport and, and hopefully give them some winners. I mean, tonight we may have also given them uh, something that can help them uh, with, with their arthritis because uh, from what I understand, there's, the testimonials on your site are pretty amazing. And quite frankly, the first one I clicked on was from a, a guy that most of our listeners will know right away, a guy by the name of Todd Pletcher. Todd's utilized our product for years now. He has, I mean, he buys it by the cases of gallons every month. Uh, you know, we have a, a number of the, the high-profile trainers that, that utilize it a great deal. And, and, again, it's the only product we produce. Dr. Alday was absolutely emphatic about having the best HA product on the market, and I think we have pretty much been able to accomplish that, John. Well, I think it's great because, uh, you know, in this day and age where guys are trying different stuff in racing and, of course, uh, racing's uh, put under a, a scrupulous eye for anything that's uh, introduced to the body of a horse, it's nice to know that there's actually a natural supplement that, that can really help them along. Yeah, and this, and this product is all natural. There is nothing to test positive about anything. Uh, there again, it's a naturally occurring substance in your body that, that is the main constituent in synovial fluid, but it, you also have it in your skin, in your eyes, and in, in many other components in your body. So um, it's a product that really benefits you in a lot of ways. 
All right. Well, uh, we've been talking with uh, Dick Lundy, a man who came up under Charlie Whittingham, has trained Breeders' Cup winners and, and divisional champions, and, and now has found another passion in his life. Dick, thanks so much for spending time with us here on Winning Ponies tonight. Well, thank you, John. I, I really enjoyed it and, and uh, continued success with your program. I, I enjoy it. Thank you very much. And as I age and that arthritis kicks in, I'm getting up on your uh, site and I'll start ordering some of this Lubricin. There you go. It'll help you. All right. That was Dick Lundy, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Race Day Las Vegas' Ralph Sirocco. I threw a slew of races at him from coast to coast and a couple of tracks in between. We'll talk to Ralph. He's always enlightening in the sport of kings. You're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john engelhart got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with john or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com now back to winning ponies with john engelhart all right and with me from race day las vegas it's ralph sirocco He's done a little bit of everything around the racetrack, uh, from uh, calling races uh, to being a, a race writer. Uh, he's been involved in racing communications and programming since, uh, we'll just say, uh, the late 70s at tracks like Hollywood Park, Garden State Park. 
Fairplex. I used to have the uh, joy of uh, working uh, stints with him over at, at, at Turfway Park. And so with that said, let me introduce to you Ralph Sirocco. Ralph, how's everything in Vegas? Is absolutely beautiful. The sun's just about ready, starting to get set, and I'm watching my TV set with about eight minutes to go to Del Mar, and I got the jacuzzi all fired up to take care of my arthritis. <laughs> hey, try some of that Lubricin that Lundy's selling. I'm telling you, you tell uh, Lundy to send me out a gallon of that stuff, man. <laughs> it really is amazing. You should go up on the website and check it out. It's it's pretty interesting. But uh, let me just uh, uh, pick your brain here for for a minute and uh, looking at the the, the landscape of uh, of what we saw the last couple of weeks. My one of my favorite races, uh, of course, Lundy won it with Cardenasca. The Travers is coming up, man. I mean, uh, between Palace Mountain and Verrazano, I'm having a hard time splitting those two. They were both awful impressive two weeks ago. Yeah, it's a shame that we didn't get all three Triple Crown winners together, but Oxbow, of course, uh, wrenched his ankle. It's not going to it's not serious enough to even end his career, but it is uh, putting him on the sidelines for that. But then you got Verrazano, who absolutely had a jaw dropper in the Haskell, and, uh, you know, Shug's got Orb, the Kentucky Derby winner out there training up to the race, and uh, I'm not going to second-guess him. No, and, and, you know, he's kind of the forgotten horse because we haven't had a, a chance to see him perform. I've been reading, you know, updates from Fairhill, and they say he, he's training like a bear. Um, and then, of course, Palace Malice really kind of has a real affinity for the surface at Saratoga, and he's got a great stalking style. Yeah, you know, uh, two horses, Verrazano and, of course, Palace Malice, both had their connections very high on them. Cot Campbell was really high uh, on Palace Malice for a long time, so was Pletcher. And, um, you know, it's nice to see that these horses, y- you have trainers and connections that'll stick with a horse that they believe has got something in them to try to get it out of them. And with patience and with horsemanship and all that, they finally get it out. And it's nice to see that these horses are finally living up to all of their advanced billing. Absolutely. I felt the same way. You know, and so it's been very consistent. And I'm, I'm really, I'm still, uh, despite the defection of Oxbow, I'm really looking forward to the Travers because it, it, you could easily be a fan of any one of the horses we just mentioned, and you, you wouldn't wouldn't be out of line. Well, no, uh, that's, a, you know, that's being, an easy try. That's an easy trifecta box, I think. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, I don't see any runaway groom coming in and upsetting that trio. No. Uh, well, uh, I'm t- you're in Vegas, and as I talked to you earlier, you're you know you're alive in the pick four, I think, out of Del Mar, and uh, you, you get to watch the races uh, from all over the country. So I, I threw you a real hodgepodge of races, a couple races that might have standouts, a couple that uh, are, are, are wide, wide open. Uh, let's let's go right to the standout of the week here, and we'll we'll go since we're talking about Saratoga uh, to the four star Dave handicap, half a million on the line, a mile. And of course, standout horse of the year, Wise Dan, after a, uh, a freshening with a dominant uh, win in the Firecracker, gets in. He's toting 129, which is nice to see. You know, yeah. it, it, it's a handicap race. Although they say this is the last handicap we'll probably run it until the Breeders' Cup. Um, I can't find anybody in there that, that that can beat him. I think they're racing for place. I could tell you that yeah, I thought uh, his most challenging race, believe it or not, was his last race. I mean, that track was terrible that night at uh, Churchill Downs. It was under the lights. They were having, like, monsoon-type weather there. It was on the grass. The grass was yielding. 
Wise Dan got caught down in the bog down on the inside. John Velasquez was looking for a place to put him. Uh, you know, and with only five horses in the race, the four kind of ganged up on him and put him in a pocket. But he found enough room to get through on the inside. Looked like he took a bad step or two. But his class showed up that day. He had 128 pounds and won, uh, going away by two lengths. And uh, I really thought that, uh, you know, he might have come out of that race gimpy. Uh, but he didn't. He came out of the race in, in good form. Charles Lepresti says he's been uh, doing great since then. The horse wins off the uh, shelf, so there's not a problem there. Uh, I just don't see how you can beat him. I think the only horse that can beat Wise Dan is Wise Dan. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, the horse that ran uh, second to him that day, uh, Leah, will will be in this race. But, again, um, I, I, as well trained as that horse is by Al Stahl, and, again, that, that track was an absolute quagmire that night. Um, I, I think that he, he's, he's running for second money, um, and I think it'll be a treat for the people. And I think it's great that you know, Wise Dan uh, being a gelding, Lepresti's done a great job at bringing this horse along, you know, just just perfectly trained to the minute. It seems every time he goes to the post, and it, it's just kind of a treat. Kind of reminds me of a, a horse like Kelso that uh, I vaguely remember as a child. You know, it, it's good to see that these old war horses uh, coming back and running consistently. Well, I could tell you, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to have to key him in the uh, trifectas because you can't make any money betting them singly. You can just watch the race and enjoy it, but I would imagine that you want to handicap these races. So I'm just going to key Wise Dan over Leah, who I, I believe uh, can run up there into the uh, into the exotic. I think King Cressa, because of his running style, will be close to the lead, and I don't see uh, this race uh, becoming a suicidal pace type of race at a mile. Has had 200 buyer figures and won both uh, his last two races at Belmont Park, and a little bit of a sleeper in there that might uh, might make it a little bit of a price is a horse called Za Approval, who had a nice second in the Shoemaker Mile at Hollywood Park and finished uh, a winner off the uh, shelf at Monmouth in the Red Bank. I think this horse is a horse that definitely can get in the gimmick. So I'm just going to put the uh, one horse wise Dan over the three six seven. Yeah, I think you're definitely going to see uh, King Crease uh, looks pretty much to be the lone speed in here. And it's funny, the Za approval for a horse that's uh, coming in off a race at Hollywood Park is actually one for one on the turf at Saratoga and loves the distance. So, yeah, I can make a case for that long shot, too, as being a, a part of the exotics. Well, um, let's go to uh, one of the more competitive races. Uh, you, for many years, were, were a Jersey boy. And uh, at Monmouth Park, it's the Monmouth Oaks. Uh, again, no standout here, but as you look at the PPs, uh, that there's certainly one horse that I don't know uh, if she's overraced, but I know when she races, she races against uh, much classier horses than this group has seen, and that is Seen in Girl, a Bernie Flint trainee, coming in off a disappointing effort in the Arlington Oaks. Yeah, Shanine Girl, uh, she's run in three grade threes in her last three races at three different racetracks, Churchill, Prairie Meadows, and Arlington Park, and uh, really has, uh, you know, beaten most of the field in, in all of them, except for the uh, the race at Arlington Park, the Arlington uh, Park Oaks. She just uh, she had a brief bid, and she just came up completely empty. So maybe with that being her last line in her past performances, Bernie might uh, – you know, get a little bit of a price on her. She's getting uh, Lopez, who is uh, one of the top jocks in Jersey and certainly uh, there at Monmouth Park. But Bernie Flynn is not uh, is not a dummy. And if he's going to turn this one around from a last and sixth place finish beating 
over eight lengths of Arlington Park and come right back in the Monmouth, uh, uh, you know, the Monmouth Oaks. You gotta, you gotta take a long look at her. Uh, she's gotta be uh, something. Must have happened in that race that he figured out real quick. Well, you know, I, I think the, uh, the, the the challenger in here is, is, the, is the hometown girl uh, trained by a guy by the name of Pat McBurney. Her name's Lucky Ragdoll. McBurney is a batting thirty five percent. Uh, down there along the shore. He comes in with this lucky ragdoll who's won two of four, never been off the board, Joe Bravo in the saddle. Um, you know, what can I say? The, the, the horse uh, absolutely loves Mammoth. She seems like a, a danger to me in there. Well, she's got all the local connections, that's for sure. And uh, with Bravo, uh, you know, winning at uh, 19% overall and and uh, always uh, a factor at the shore, and 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 this trainer just uh, you know training lights out at the at the meet, uh, but you know this filly took three times to break her maiden at Monmouth. I mean uh, you know she finally broke her maiden, and then uh, she went through her uh, second uh, condition. She shows up in this race, and she should because she's a she's a current horse. She's a now horse, and and those guys are running hot now. But uh, I don't. Uh, I think she's gonna she's gonna find her uh, the competition a little bit. Uh, a little bit more stringent, a little bit more um, uh, steep than she has been. I think this will be good learning experience for her. Uh, I uh, I like a horse called Zenzara, who will be coming off uh, the shelf off of a June 23rd race. And uh, I think Zenzara, uh, who, uh, you know, uh, finished third in the hilltop, $100,000 stakes on the grass of Pimlico, a nice third in that race. Uh, she had a wide trip and was bumped and really had a terrible trip at Monmouth in her last start. But I, she's she's had good works. And I think she's placed right uh, for a, a nice, uh, nice shot for John Service. Yeah, you know, uh, you, uh, you know, this is a, a Grade Three, hundred thousand dollars, and really, it's brought in some names. Uh, n- not only uh, John Service, who was the trainer of the recently deceased uh, Rockport Harbor, if memory serves yeah. me well. You've also got uh, Graham Motion and, and Kelly Breen uh, bringing horses into this race, uh, uh, and on the outside, guy by the name of Steve Asmussen. So it's kind of an interesting mix in here. Yeah, it sure is. Um, you know, I'm going to take Zanzara. I'm going to take Shanine Girl. And I'm, another horse I'm going to take to kind of try to make this thing happen a little is uh, Kelly Breen's horse, Mr. Hall's Opus, who uh, had a nice tightener at Delaware Park. Uh, is coming off a win before that at Laurel. Uh, ran fourth uh, in her only start at Monmouth as a two-year-old in the sorority. Has been working well. She had a bullet work in her last workout setting up for this race. Stuart Elliott's aboard. So I'm going to put Mr. Hall, uh, Hall's Opus in there. So I'm going to box in Zara, Shanine Girl, and Mr. Hall's Opus. All right, make sure I get my check marks here for when I get out to the track on, on Saturday. Um, I don't have uh, any odds on the past performances that, that I'm working with. I've got to guess some of those horses you just mentioned are probably halfway decent price, Ralph. Uh, I hope so, because I'm working off of the same, odd, uh, same um, past performances you are. But, you know, I got to tell you that I kind of like working off past performances without morning line uh, odds because then you you get a real clear picture of how you really see the race and then you can fine tune from there with uh, what you perceive to be uh, the value of the race with the horses you're picking. I totally agree with you. I I love the handicap without the odds because you you can't help it. Just just uh, being being human, you know, you start to look a little bit more at that seven to two or that six to five shot and wonder why the uh, odds maker put them there. So yeah, it's, I think it's a much better way to handicap, and I prefer to get my PPs uh, out, you know, as soon as I can get them before those odds are on. 
Well, let's uh, let's take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, uh, we'll t- we'll talk about a race down in the P patch uh, that has some uh, uh, championship class in there by the name of Groupie Doll coming off the shelf, as you like to say. We're listening to Winning Ponies with Ralph Soracco from Race Day Las Vegas. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Ralph Sirocco from Race Day Las Vegas. I believe you can tune in to Ralph five days a week and talk to uh, him and some of the expert handicappers he has on. Of course, he's out there at Las Vegas, so there's action all day, every day. Ralph, i got to ask you, when, when, when you wake up in the morning or when you sit back and take a look at, at the form or whatever format you use, do you key in on certain tracks, certain styles of races? Uh, what, what, are, what are some of the favorite angles you like to look at that you feel you've been most successful with? Well, you know, I got to tell you, John, that um, I'm 60 years old now, and I've um, I've done a lot of work with handicapping and, and uh, betting all over the country. When you when you get to reside in Las Vegas, you start to realize that whether it be a horse race, a football game, a baseball game, etc., if you want to be a successful better, um, those um, the races and the games, etc., they're they're no more than the vehicles for the betting apparatus. In other words, you have to have a good betting formula and um, a good uh, betting strategies for anything that you do in uh, in uh, wagering, and that uh, includes horse racing too. So now, what I do is um, with our show, I more uh, I've handicapped handicappers, the successful handicappers, and we have them in our shows, and I rely a lot on what they see and do because uh, they're uh, good at what they do. <laughs> and I do the same thing with this show, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um, uh, I uh, when you sent me the past performances for the 
the races that we're discussing today, obviously, I did some handicapping of those on my own. And again, it was always refreshing. It is refreshing to have uh, past performances without uh, morning line or uh, probable odds because you get a chance to really handicap uh, in the raw form again. Well, I, as we said about going into the break, is exactly is the way I like to do it. Well, uh, let's start uh, again. We're going to go to Ellis Park, the Gardenia. Obviously, the, the headline story here is none other than the amazing groupie doll. I mean, to, to think that the Bradley family, who have just a handful of mares, uh, out in their, their back of their farm there near Frankfort, Kentucky, have over the last few years been able to come up with horses like Brass Hat and Groupie Doll. Uh, Groupie Doll by a $6,000 stallion, Bowman's Band. She's now won over $1.6 million. It, it, it's, it's just a great, <laughs> I shouldn't say rags to riches because the, the uh, Bradleys have always been a, a class act and they know what they're doing. But from a very small operation to come up with two home run hitters like that, it, it's quite a story so i know i'll be pulling for groupie doll who he took out a training uh earlier this year i believe was down at Gulfstream when he for whatever reason he just sensed something wasn't right he turned her out with brass hat and now she's been coming back and just spitting bullets down in kentucky a groupie doll certainly looks like the one to beat in the gardenia yeah there's no question about that she's a breeder's cup winner she's a multiple grade one winner uh she loves ellis park she's two for two there uh, and she's, uh, you know, in the uh, exact uh, all four times at the distance. I mean, it's really her race to lose. Uh, if she shows up, she wins, and she's going to have to drag along Rajiv Murrah with her because right now Rajiv is just going through such a terrible time at Saratoga. He is riding awful right now, and uh, I don't call, I'm not calling him an awful rider because, uh, you know, jockeys all go through these slumps, but right now, he is just he's just riding terribly at Saratoga and I hope that she can give him the confidence to start bouncing back and, and coming back to what we know he can do. Yeah, well he he's he's been a, a boarder since uh uh Saint Patrick's Day back in two thousand and twelve, uh for her last eight starts and uh all but two of those uh have been victories of course. Uh, her loss uh, against uh, Stay Thirsty in the Cigar Mile, certainly not an embarrassment. She she is one tough mare, and I, I just really like the way she's she's trained coming into this. But, again, anybody that, that's coming off a layoff that can open up the door for an upset. And I'm not sure if you hinted to me earlier that you're thinking you might have found somebody in here. Well, uh, the thing is that uh, I'm, a, you know, I'm obviously Groupie Dollar's the horse to beat, and uh, I'm rooting for the owners as well. Uh, but uh, you know, you got to really take into account the the jockey's uh, mental state, and um, unless he's going down there thinking that she could uh, turn him around, if she's, uh, you know, if the confidence uh, for her victories are coming from him, she's going to be in trouble because uh, this guy just ain't making it right now. And so, with that in mind. I'm going to take Groupie Doll. I'm not going to put a line through her, but I'm certainly going to use her uh, in exotics with uh, the one awesome flower. I think awesome flower breaking from the rail on that very strange configuration they have at Ellis Park for the one-mile races where you come out, you make a left turn, you go down the long backside, and then a big sweeping turn to the finish. I think with uh, you know uh, LeBron aboard, uh, who knows that track, and uh, off of a win uh, at Canterbury, in fact, off of two wins, uh, she had a win on a yielding track at Church, uh, Churchill Downs, that uh, she might get a nice little trip from the inside, maybe even drafting behind Groupie Doll. Uh, 
And then um, I like the three-horse ice cream silence a little in the race with, uh, you know, uh, B.J. Hernandez for uh, Rusty Arnold. Uh, although she's coming off the shelf, uh, you know, Rusty's a very good trainer, and she'll break from the inside as well. When you have that configuration, you really got to have horses that uh, that are breaking from the inside. When you get to the outside post, man, you better either have a closer or somebody can really zip out there and make a quick left turn. Well, I've, I've just got a feeling that, you know, should Groupie Dow finish on top, it's still going to open the door for some really uh, amazing tries and supers. One thing oh, yeah. I noticed in looking at the horses coming into this race is that 10 of the 12 that are entered never raced at Ellis Park. Yeah, you're going to you're going to need the uh you're going to need the the jockeys to to negotiate that uh unusual configuration more than the horses, you know. Uh so I'm just going to take Groupie Doll with uh with the uh like I said the uh one horse, the three horse, number 4 uh, Dixie Strike, and I will put one of the outside horses, the ten horse in the race, to, to suck up into the exacta because Steve Asmussen is sending twice the lady out there. So, uh, with her running style, I think she might get up into the gimmick. But that's how I'm going to play it. All right. Well, my producer is telling me that we've got like two and a half minutes to address the uh, Grade Two La Jolla. Uh, coming out of another turf shoot. Uh, these are three-year-olds going a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. It has drawn together a, a pretty diverse field. What do you make of this bunch? Well, this is the race that I'm going to go shopping in. And real quick, because we only have two minutes, I'm going to take the three Uno Dos Adios, who is uh, a horse that uh, Mike Smith told the uh, trainer and owner to do something with, and, and it worked out fine in his last race. They think he has a lot of upside. I'm going to take the four, five Greeley Awesome. Uh, Julian Le Perot's horse, who finished uh, finished up fine in the Oceanside. And I'm going to take the eight-horse dice flavor, who uh, has a little bit of class to him. And I'm going to use the one and the seven uh, underneath in the third spot uh, to try to make the uh, the uh, trifectas happen. Well, uh, again, this is for three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th on the, the, the turf. I guess the advice that Mike Smith said was, this horse needs blinkers, huh, Ralph? Well, I can tell you one thing right now. The One of the owners, which is one of our handicappers on the race day show, John Lendo, said when uh, Mike Smith got off the horse when he got beat at Hollywood, he said, man, this horse really, really has a lot of upside to him. And they did. They put the blinkers on him, and the next thing you know, he he went. And, and that win that he had at Hollywood Park on the grass, he came from last to first. And i got to think he's got more upside to him. All right. I love the inside information, and we've just got it from uh, Ralph Siracco from Race Day Las Vegas. And, uh, Ralph, uh, just want to double-check if uh, I can get you uh, both on the net and on the air at uh, 1400 in Las Vegas. Yes, you can go to uh, kshp.com. We also have a phone app that you can uh, take down so you can listen to it on your phone. But you can get it uh, directly from our website, racedaylasvegas.com. Just spell out the words, racedaylasvegas.com. We're on from 7 to 8 a.m. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. on uh, Saturday and Sunday, all Pacific time. All right. Thanks a million, Ralph. Great hearing your voice again. Take care, my friend. Uh, You got it. Have a great race day, everybody. All right. That's Ralph Siracco. want to thank trainer Dick Lundy. And I want to tell you all that we've had some great hits on Winning Ponies, so before you go to the races, come on to our website and get our easy tip sheets. I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you bring a friend to the racetrack, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.